The last decade has been the hottest on record. We are facing an environmental crisis that is putting humans, animals, and ecosystems at risk. We're two journalists from opposite sides of the world. Listen as we discuss current climate issues, bring to the front scene interesting people, and offer you information on how to face the crisis the world is facing. You're listening to Four Corners, a podcast about environmental issues. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the very first episode of Four Corners. This week, allow us to introduce ourselves. My name is Charlotte Glorieux, and I'm a French journalist from Montreal, Canada. And my name is Fernanda Gandara. I am a half Guatemalan, half Chilean journalist, currently based in Santiago de Chile. We're two friends who met on exchange in 2019 in Denmark, in Aarhus, to be a little bit more precise, a lovely little city near the sea. Um, we decided to make this pilot episode an introduction so you can get to know us and our project, Four Corners. Why the name? Because we're hoping to discuss with people from all over the world and we're pretty much at different corners of the world as well. <laughs> our team consists of four people. It's Charlotte in Canada, me in Chile, Alex in Australia and Alicia in Spain. As journalists, we believe it is our responsibility to inform ourselves about issues that are directly affecting people and ecosystems so that we can then inform the public. We think the environmental crisis is a super important topic to discuss because it is already affecting millions of us. Yeah, and that's exactly what motivated us to do this project. We're aware that this podcast will not solve the climate crisis, <laughs> but we firmly believe that getting more people interested and involved in what is happening to our planet will bring about more solutions. I think I speak for the both of us when I say that one event that truly solidified our interest and involvement in the environmental discussion was when we were both in London in late May of 2019 and did a project on Extinction Rebellion. Definitely. That was such an amazing experience. And you're right, we did start to get more involved in the environmental discussion by learning what was happening. Oh, and by the way, for those listeners who might not have heard of Extinction Rebellion, they are an environmental group established in the UK in May of 2018. And its members use non-violent civil disobedience acts to compel governments to act in favor of the environment. So in April 2019, they occupied five big monuments in areas in London. So for example, Piccadilly Circus or Marble Arch. And we met with members who were there and told us about their experience and how they felt. Yeah, I think when we went there for our project, XR had actually contributed to the UK's decision of declaring a climate emergency. Do you remember? Yeah, and I think it actually happened like a week or so before we got there. Yeah, it was pretty recent. And as of today, groups have sprouted around the world. I know there's XR in Chile and in many Latin American countries. Is there one in Canada? Yeah, I, I know there's XR Quebec, at least. That's really cool. It's crazy to think that such a young movement already exists in so many parts of the world. Yeah, and I think that's one, one of the things that caught our attention. That, I mean, the fact that they became so popular in such a short time. Totally. And that also says a lot about the younger generation's interests and how involved they are in the environmental discussion. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think young people are more and more involved. So that was definitely interesting. Absolutely. I remember we met a boy that was my little sister's age, who is 10 years younger than me. And I was so impressed with how committed and passionate he was about fighting to save the planet. And he really inspired me to start learning more about everything that was going on and to 
as a journalist, bring that information closer to the public in some way. So yeah, overall, working on that project was an amazing experience. Definitely. And I think it also brought us closer in sort of solidified our friendship as well i mean you know after having so many complications like writing three times the amount of words our teacher had to ask us to write and realizing it only two hours before the deadline oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> that was horrible honestly i remember i don't know why we did that but i remember we were so stressed out because as you said like we realized two hours before the deadline yeah and i think we had to cut like three thousand words it was crazy and we i don't know why but we decided to just go to the supermarket in the middle of the stress <laughs> and buy some chocolate and that's that's how we coped with stress we just didn't want to deal with the problem uh, good times good times great times but we did learn a lot from that experience and especially about everything that's going on with our planet and what we can do to help and we hope to bring you that insight throughout the first season yeah and i mean if you want to know more about our xr project uh you can check out the link in the description For this episode, we planned a fun way for you to get to know us better. Um, we prepared a set of questions and we will be discussing them. So Charlotte, my first question for you is, what made you want to become a journalist? Well, for me, journalism has always been kind of the profession that combined like my two passions, so writing and traveling. And um, I feel like it wasn't even a question for me. Like I, I, that's the only um, profession that I imagine myself doing. I don't know if that's the same for you. Um, I went into journalism in the beginning because I love writing. Ever since I was a little girl, I've always written everything that happens in my life, and <laughs> fiction stories and poems and everything. So yeah, that's like that was my main objective to write for a living, and then. As the years passed, I I found that one other passion that I had was to help people that didn't have a voice in society, if that makes sense. And so I found that storytelling is a very powerful tool to bring attention to issues that are affecting people um, and communities around the world. And I think that's what made me love journalism. And now let me ask you something. Do you remember the first time you heard about climate change and how old you were? Um, I don't think I remember how old I was, but I do remember, um, so every summer we used to go to a lake, and I remember every year kept getting warmer than the previous year, and I am not a fan of heat, like <laughs> I, I love winter, and I suffer during summer, so I, I really noticed the changes, and every time I was like, why is it hotter than last year, you know, <laughs> and the grown-ups kept saying oh because of global warming you know the ozone layer has like bigger holes in it and whatever so I kind of grew up with the notion that something was happening and that temperatures were rising but but I don't think I got I really got the sense of it until I was older that's interesting because I feel like um for me I can't remember like ex like you I can't remember the first time I heard about it I feel like I've just it's just always been something that was a part of my life um 
so for for us as Canadians, like, and I imagine you as well, we're very in sync with our environment, and um, everybody's always, you know, talking about oh, when's when's winter is gonna start? How much snow are we gonna get this winter? And how hot is gonna be? Is it gonna be this summer? Mm-hmm. And I feel like the discussion has been more and more a part of my life over the years because we've all seen differences. Yeah, definitely. I feel like the last five years I've been more aware than I've been my whole life because I've seen bigger changes. And also I've like started reading more about the topic and understanding um, why it's happening, how long uh, it's been happening for. Yeah. But I feel like, as you said, like for me, the moment I started studying journalism was the moment I really got into like reading the news and diversifying my sources Um, because before obviously I would read a lot but I feel like getting into journalism really taught me to diversify my sources and that's the moment like I heard about everything that was going on in the world and I started like watching more and more documentaries and um, understanding how vast the climate change issue is and how uh, deeply it impacts people's lives. I have another question, Charlotte. So there's a term called eco-anxiety, and it's basically when you're so aware of the environmental crisis that it starts to mess with your mental health, so you become anxious about the future. Have you ever struggled with this? Um, I think, I can't say that I've suffered from eco-anxiety per se, but I've definitely felt helpless. Yeah. And um, I don't know, I some days I just feel like it, it's easier to not care and to just continue life as it is and um, not stress about like future generations. But then like the minute I think that I'm just I, I think if everybody thinks like me, nothing's going to get done. And I can't let myself be part of ap- the apathy, the general apathy that's going on. Um, but yeah, what about you? I think I have. I mean, saying eco-anxiety. It feels like such a big term, right? It's like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It sounds scary. (laughs) But I've definitely struggled with the uncertainty of the future. And, you know, the common questions like, oh, will I be able to have kids? Or do I really want to bring kids into a world where I don't know if they'll be able to grow up the way that I grew up? Um, Probably not. No, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just those fears of the future and what kind of world we're living for the future generations. So it is very stressful to think about it, especially if you're someone like us who reads a lot about the topic. Yeah. I feel like it can be overwhelming sometimes because it feels like such a massive problem and you're just sitting at your desk reading about it or, you know, watching a documentary, whatever, and you're just like, wow, <laughs> this is huge. How am I going to help fix this you know so yeah it does give me anxiety i would say but yeah you know doing things like what we're doing with the podcast or talking with my friends about climate change or just my everyday actions they do keep me moving and uh, keep me hopeful yeah and um how would you say the climate crisis has affected your life well i do have to say that i'm a very privileged person and i haven't had to deal with the direct consequences of climate change, like so many other people have. Um, For example, this year in Guatemala, which is where I grew up, 
there was a massive hurricane that completely devastated a few cities and a lot of people had to flee their homes. Mm -hmm. It was a huge catastrophe. I mean, people died. So that's what I mean when I say that I haven't had to deal with those kinds of consequences in my life. Um, But yeah, it does have like a mental and emotional effect just knowing that, for example, my country is going through things like that. Um, I think I'm like you. I'm, I'm a very privileged person. And I think that the climate crisis hasn't had that big of an impact on my day-to-day life. I think it had actually more of an Im- mental impact. And even if the only impact that I actually see is the fact that we have snow later in the year, I still think like, yeah, climate crisis has affected my life but not on the same level as per someone, for example, someone who has had to move because of uh, the climate crisis. And what do you think is the most important thing that people should understand about the environmental crisis? Um, I think one of the things people should know about the environmental crisis is that it's possible to do something about it and that we're not completely helpless. And that we're not too late and that um, even though everything that's been written on the subject seems pretty dramatic, because it is, don't get me wrong, like, we see more wildfires, we have more hurricanes, and uh, so on. Um, It's possible to reverse these um, symptoms of the climate crisis in a way. If we act now and we do something about it, and we don't just see the planet as... Um, infinite resources that we can just take and take and take because we've actually already passed uh, overshoot day. Let me just stop you for a second to explain to those listeners who don't know what overshoot day is. Um, It's the date when humanity has exhausted nature's budget for the year. Yeah, think of it like you have a certain amount of money that you can spend every year and when you start to spend over budget, that means you're in debt. And in the past 50 years, overshoot day has been getting progressively earlier. Last year, it was the earliest it came, Um, it was in July, and this year, due to the pandemic and, you know, less industrial activity and all, it came on August 22, which is a good thing considering that it finally didn't come earlier than the previous year. But either way, we still have four months in the year where we're essentially using resources that we don't have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And bouncing back on this subject, uh, for have you ever met... A climate change denier so someone who doesn't believe in climate change and how did you talk to them how did you face them um i don't think i've ever met someone that openly says oh i don't believe in climate change but i have met several people that just don't see the gravity of the issue or they don't care enough they're just like oh you know there's a problem but whatever like i can't do anything about it so why care mm-hmm. um and they prefer to just ignore it maybe maybe because it's a very I mean, it is something that makes you anxious, as we were talking before. Maybe it's a coping mechanism just to ignore it. But mm-hmm. I, the way that I face these people, I try to explain to them that the environmental crisis is not... It's no longer about, oh, let's save the animals, let's save the plants. It's a humanitarian crisis. The biggest mass migration could happen because of climate change. Um, there's people dying and there's a lot of catastrophes that could be avoided and that are affecting people's lives you know i feel like a lot of people don't understand that the climate crisis 
isn't just about plants and animals, but it's also about us. I mean, if we want to be self-centered, and I feel like as humans, we do a great job um, at only considering what affects us. Well, let's be self-centered and fight against the climate crisis. I mean, if we can do it for the trees in the Amazon forest or the birds and the fishes disappearing, uh, let's do it for us. Because that's the thing I think a lot of people forget. Um, we won't survive what is coming for us if we continue down this road. And it might be shocking for some, but it's true. Like the ocean level will go up, temperatures will rise, and territories will become unsafe for us. And we won't survive. But the earth will, and it will just be bye-bye humans. And just for the record, biodiversity is super important, and we are losing a lot of species. Mm -hmm. So it's not that it doesn't matter. We'll actually have a full episode on the loss of that biodiversity, because we, we do think it's very important. But yeah, maybe shifting the focus towards human could eventually make people more conscious of how their actions are affecting other people. Yeah, yeah. In, in that sense, um, how do you view the current discussion around climate change? Um, I'm pretty positive about this. So I've felt like, especially the past years, there's really been a massive interest in the environmental crisis. And I see, for example, 10 years ago, the discussion was, does climate change exist? You know, like we were stuck there. Mm -hmm. But we're past that point now. And now it's not about do we believe in this? But it's it's about, you know, this is happening. Like, this is facts. This, there's no denying it. So what are we going to do about it now that we know that climate change is real? So I think that's a very positive thing. And, and yeah, I've seen a massive interest, in, especially in younger generations, which is very good and gives me a lot of hope. <laughs> um, and another question that I have that's related to this is where do you find your information about the environment? Uh, so I'm a, I'm a big reader, so I feel like my primary source of information when it comes to the environment has been um, reading, uh, for example, the New York Times, I feel like is a good source. Uh, the Guardian as well is, is very uh, well equipped and does a lot of diversified types of articles. Um, and you know, one, it's a magazine, it's called The New Yorker, and they usually write long form articles. And actually the first time I heard about climate justice was when I read one of their articles about um, how poor people are more affected by the climate crisis. And um, other than that, honestly, I've followed a lot of accounts on Instagram. I, we can maybe share them at some point, I don't know, um, that share a lot of useful information. And I find that it's very, um, it's a good way for me, at least, to find my information because I have to say I'm a lot on Instagram and it's one of maybe one of the social media that I'm, I can't help myself to, to go on it. So I feel like it's a good compromise for me to, oh, I'm on Instagram, but I'm also reading about the climate crisis. Yeah, I was going to say that I follow a lot of environmental activists on Instagram and I, I think it's a great way to learn and to see what other people are doing and also like if you follow one activist, it's eventually going to lead you to another one or to a or to a bigger movement or group. And you're going to get involved in the online discussion on this whole topic and you're going to learn more. And I feel like social media is such a powerful tool we should be using to raise awareness on this issue. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I really like your point of the following like a certain activist because... I feel like they're doing a very good job, as you said, to involve us 
in what they're doing. I feel like it's very good for us to see how simple it is to do it and and get inspired and also do it. Yeah, exactly. And now leaving the activists behind and going more into the media, how do you think the climate crisis is being depicted in the media? Um, first, let me just stop you really quickly because I feel like seeing the media to categorize all sources of news isn't accurate uh, because it's very difficult to say without doubt that the media is or isn't talking about this. Mm, you're right. I mean, I've gone through the experience myself. Like, the more I want to read about or certain topics, the more chances you have to find the information. And in a way, people each have their own bubble of information and you just have to expand it as much as possible. You're right. Everyone has, like, their own bubble of information based on their interests. And also, if people don't look for the information, they're probably not going to find it. So... Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps a more w accurate way to understand the coverage of the climate crisis would be to look at how countries are presenting the topic. I think you're absolutely right. Um, I found this 2019 study made by Kansas University that explained how richer countries tend to frame the climate crisis as a political issue, whereas poorer countries tend to present it more as an international problem needing global solutions. That's really interesting. I haven't read the the study you mentioned. I'll definitely check it out. But... I grew up in Guatemala and now I live in Chile and I do see the differences between these two countries and how they talk about climate change, like the different policies they have. Um, and I do hope I can bring that insight throughout the first season, just from my experience, how like the, the need for us to get to a consensus and all agree on how we should treat the problem, because ultimately it's a planetary problem we should all care about. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I hope we can make this information fun for you to want to learn it. Yay! <laughs> Thank you for listening. This was Charlotte and Fernanda. We're two journalists from opposite sides of the world discussing current climate issues. Tune in for the next episode of Four Corners, where we'll give you a summary of basic information you need to know about the climate crisis. In the meantime, make sure to check out our Instagram at Four Corners Project, where we'll be sharing information on the topics we discuss to make it easier and fun for you to get involved in the environmental discussion. New episode every Thursday.